Hello everyone, this is Pastor John here at Liberty Church of Cosby, and it is now April, the beginning of April 2020. We're looking forward to Easter, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, a historical event, a spiritual event, an emotional event, a hopeful event. But if you notice the scriptural account, it's a celebration of life after a long, hard look at death. This morning I got a text from my cousin who's ministering in Northeast Oklahoma. He said, we have had our first death in our church due to the COVID-19 virus. This is going to start getting very real for all of us. My, my cousin would agree with this statement that death is very real reality, no matter what stage of national life or personal life we may be in. Some may say that the topic of death itself is morbid, but listen, there's no use entering a Disney-like fairyland and locking the door behind us. There have been plagues and wars and trials and calamities all throughout human history. It defines human history. Why do you think our country is jolting to a stop? Why are we behind our four walls waiting for something from $2 trillion to come our way? Why, why all the constant talk and print and postings and Zooming, Skyping and streaming and washing and masking and distancing? Well, it's because we don't want to die, and rightfully so. And, that, and that's a right desire. It's, it's a good desire. The desire to live is proper and it's God-given. But if we're not careful, we could be driven and become hag-ridden by a fear of death. C.S. Lewis carried on a 13-year correspondence with an American lady that he never met. Her name was Mary. Um, it began in 1950 and ended in 1963. Mary had a lot of troubles. She had some health problems. And he wrote a letter back to her on June 17, 1963. He writes, Dear Mary, pain is terrible, but surely you need not have fear as well. Can you not see death as the friend and deliverer? It means stripping off that body which is tormenting you, like taking off a hair shirt or getting out of a dungeon. What is there to be afraid of? Your sins are confessed and absolved. Has this world been so kind to you that you should leave it with regret? There are better things ahead than any we leave behind. Remember, though, we struggle against things because we are afraid of them. It is often the other way around. We get afraid because we struggle. Are you struggling? Resisting? Don't you think our Lord says to you, Peace, child, peace. Relax, let go. Underneath are the everlasting arms. Let go, I will catch you. Do you trust me so little? Of course, this may not be the end. Then make it a good rehearsal. Yours, and like you, a tired traveler near the journey's end, Jack, which is his nickname. I like the idea when he said, this may not be the end, but make it a good rehearsal, or then make it a good rehearsal. What's interesting is, it, it, is that Mary lived until 1975. It was Jack who died a few months later in November. Now, none of this tends towards a self-destructive impulse. This is not what I'm talking about. I am not trying to be morbid. I'm trying to be clear. We're talking about a faith that renders peace and hope to us. 
Whether we live, we are the Lord's. Whether we die, we are the Lord's. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. It's not, it's not a morbid escapism. We're talking about facing things head on and with a desire to live, and we're talking about shedding a fear of death. Hebrews 2.14 says that the ministry of Christ was to become human, to share in flesh and blood, to partake of the same things we experience. Then, through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. What we're talking about is getting rid of a slavish fear. We cannot act freely as we would. We, we cannot have the peace that we would have. We cannot live freely in hope and love and joy. But we're, we're slavish. We're slavishly bound to fear. This is not what the Lord would have for any of us. And that's what Lewis was trying to encourage Mary to remember. So the question I wanted to, to pursue is, is there a way to die before you die? What does that mean? In certain contexts, Paul says, I die daily. I face death every day. Every day I am in danger of death. And yet he moves forward. So in a sense, it's he accepts the reality and then he's able to move through and beyond it with courage. One writer says, I die daily echoes Jesus' command to those who want to follow him. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself Take up his cross daily and follow me. As we're walking with the Lord, what does it mean to die to self, to die daily, to die before you die and find help in that? I think one way to describe it is that you're putting your life, your hopes and dreams and what you want for yourself and what you want yourself to become, you're putting all that in God's hands. You also put those you love in God's hands. You do this trusting that God has nothing but good intentions for you and that you can trust him with the things you love. It really changes your perspective. You'll find a joy and a peace and a connection to resurrection power in your life. On the other side of this, giving oneself over to Christ, I think you see life through younger eyes and you can enjoy life's blessings as blessings instead of idols. Blessings are great, but they make lousy gods. Paul goes on to describe this experience like this. Whatever gain I had, I counted loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things. That's, that's it. He's put all these things in the Lord's hands. And he says, I count them as rubbish in order that I, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own, an acceptability of my own, that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. This word know is an experiential, relational knowledge of what the power of the resurrection can give to him in this life, as well as the resurrection itself that Christ promised, promises to all of us at the end. With Easter, we're celebrating the bodily resurrection of Christ. We're celebrating that his body was raised from the dead, that it came out of the tomb. 
and not just merely that his influence lives on. Tim Keller writes, if Jesus' example lives on while he is really dead, you can only know him as an example. You can't talk to him and he can't talk to you. If Jesus is not really living, he is not a living force who can come in and intervene in your life, you will have a form of religion without any power. But on the other hand, it is also possible to be orthodox, in other words, correct in your theology. You can be orthodox about your belief in the resurrection of Jesus, but if you've never had a profound experience of that resurrection, your own spiritual resurrection, then you have a form of religion without power as well. On the one hand, the resurrection is a fact to be believed. On the other hand, it is an experience to connect with. If you have one without the other, if you believe in the resurrection as historical fact but never experience the resurrection personally, or if you think of the resurrection as a spiritual experience but don't believe it was a fact, you come out with a form of religion with no power, and that will not get us through when we face death. He goes on to say, my question is, do you know them both? Do you know the fact as well as the experience? Do you believe in the resurrection as a historical event? And have you also had that profound personal experience of spiritual resurrection? That's what Paul was saying, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So pandemic or not, disease or not, accidents or not, of course, this may not be the end then we can make it a good rehearsal. We can die before we die and really know that there's resurrection power for this life and the one to come. Announcements for the midweek. I have several announcements. We've been we've really been starving for announcements. I know people have been emailing me and texting me and calling me John we need some announcements so I've got some here I just wanted to let you know that I think during the during this time of uh, this whatever we're in right now this shutdown our missionaries might be easily forgotten when really they're on the front line of ministry to people around the world and in America and we have missionaries from Philadelphia to the Philippines um, and they provide spiritual and physical needs and so during an economic downturn, it could be very difficult on them. And as uh, leaders of the church, the leadership team decided to increase our support for them during this time. And we ask you to please pray for our missionaries. Also, we have started supporting Sunset Gap here in Cock County because they provide about 700 boxes of food per month to the community. And they need fuel and maintenance for their truck as they go out and gather those supplies and so we have taken them on for monthly support. This was posted March 23rd from the Cock County School System. All 10 Cock County schools will be providing breakfast and lunch via curbside pickup Monday and Wednesday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. On Monday, each child may have two of each meal, and on Wednesday, three of each meal. We will be wearing gloves and following strict food safety guidelines in order to protect everyone. Our workers feel called to provide a hot, nutritious lunch and a healthy breakfast for any child 18 and under, regardless of what school district they live in. Thank you, and we appreciate your prayers. And we wanted to let you know that Liberty Church Audio is now on Stitcher and TuneIn Radio and Spotify. You can download those apps, search for Liberty Church Audio, and follow us there. 
We are currently trying to get into Apple Podcasts as well, but that's becoming a bit of a process. We will let you know. And we want to let you know that we have several in our church traveling to doctors for chemo or radiation, and some who've had medical emergencies coming in and out of the ER. I don't want to mention their names here online, but please be in prayer for all our folks here at the church. And if you need, and if you want some information about uh, prayer needs, you can call me or email me at any time. And let me encourage you to call someone from the church directory, especially those that are older or living by themselves, and just check in on each other and talk talk for a while. I think that would be great for us to do. And stay in touch with us. You can call me anytime, and uh, we are praying for you. We are praying for you, and we miss you, and we look forward to gathering again together as soon as we can. Um, I thought I'd finish up with Psalm 3, verses 1 through 5. O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. Selah. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. Selah. I lay down and slept. I woke again. For the Lord sustained me. And we say, Amen. Amen.